0: Galatians chapter five verse six. Galatians chapter five verse six. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision avails anything or uncircumcision, but faith that works by love. So they're having like a you know kind of discussion, uh, disagreement about uh, the va- There you are about the value of circumcision. And uh, saying like, you know, well, the people that believe in Christ now, they need to get circumcised and they need to do these natural things. And uh, so he's saying, uh, that doesn't really matter. What matters is faith that works by love. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for faith and we thank you for love. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you sent him to set us free and to give us real life. Father, we pray today as we Come to Your Word and we approach Your Word. We pray that You would speak through my mouth, my lips. Father, we open our hearts and our spirits to what Your Spirit has to show us and teach us, to lead us and to guide us. We thank You that Your Word is from everlasting to everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. It's faith that works by love. How's faith work? By what? By love. By love. Faith works by? Love. So if your faith's going to work, how's it going to work? Yeah. By love. <laughs> Amen. Let's go home. It's so cold. <laughs> you ever have that confession, I'm not moved by what I feel? <laughs> I'm moved only by what I believe, right? Amen. So we're not moved by what we feel this morning. No, I'm not, I'm fine. <laughs> Uh, Faith that works by love. So, if faith's going to work, it's going to work by love. Now, we 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 touched on this a little bit last week. That is, if you imagine like uh, a young man and a young woman, you know, they kind of uh, get smitten with each other and uh, they go after each other and uh, they start to develop a relationship, and then uh, they get engaged, they get married, whatever the process happens to be there. But they end up married. So they're newly married. Well, as much as he or she loves the other, they are faithful to the other. In fact, uh, when you see people and they first discover someone that they have, uh, what do they call it, like fallen in love with or, you know, uh, whatever. Well, uh, assuming it's not just lust that they haven't fallen in lust, but they actually fell in love. Well, if they love them, they've made a decision to put them before all other people of that gender. You know, I'm saying it that way because, like, if you're a man, it'd be your woman, like my woman over there. Like, she's my number one woman. Well, she's my only woman, but I have Evie, you know? Oh, boy. I went on staff at a church in Michigan, and the lady who, it's a very large church, like 7,500 people attend a week, and so the lady who was over the women's ministry, I didn't understand what I was saying, I guess, but they are talking about the women's ministry and priorities and different things like that and the pastor's meeting, and so I said, they asked me about something, and I said, I love women! And they looked at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't love, love like, like that, I love my wife, but I'm saying like women are great, you know? <laughs> you can't really dig out of that too well. So, Praise the Lord. Faith and love. So in the measure that you love someone, you're faithful to them. And I think uh, it's real easy. Faith is not a formula. I mean, you could write the principles of faith if I had a whiteboard or a blackboard. I could write some principles of faith. But you don't have faith in faith. My trust is in faith. No, my trust is not in faith. I don't even know her. I don't know anybody named Faith. Right? Trust is not in faith. What did Jesus say in Mark eleven twenty two? He said, have faith in God. Right? So our faith is in God through his son, Jesus. So, um, and you can have faith in Christ. Okay? But that is a, he is a person. All right, let's, let's look at uh, John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We're talking about faith that works by love. And just kind of taking it from a little different angle. Because I've ministered on it uh, many times before. You know, if you're not walking in love, your faith's not going to work. You, you see that actually in verse 25, just a few verses down after verse 22, uh, where Jesus said, you know, talking about speaking to the mountain, and uh, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you, see if you have. And then what? And when you stand praying... So while you're doing this, forgive, because love forgives, right? So, so he's saying, walk in love. Well, uh, that's an aspect of faith and love that most of us need to really pay attention to all the time. But I'm talking about a little different aspect, which you'll see here in just a second. Um, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Excuse me. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Let me read again. In the beginning... So in the very beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same, which is the Word, was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So everything that was made was made by what? The Word, right? So everything that was made was made by the Word. The Word is God's power. The Word is the power of God. Jesus is the Word. And the Gospel is all centered on who? Jesus. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of who? Jesus. Right. So Jesus is the Word, and the Gospel is the power of God unto salvation to them that do what? Believe. I am not ashamed of the Gospel of God, for it is the power of God unto salvation sozo that's not just like your spirit being born again that's your body being he- healthy and whole and restored and it's poverty being broke off of you that is biblical salvation i'm not talking about uh some uh, denominational belief or non-denominational belief or uh anything like that i'm talking about what the bible says so uh the word of god is the power of god the Word of God is the Christ of God, or the anointing of God, or the anointed one in His anointing, right? And uh, the Word of God is the revelation of God. It is, the Word is God revealing Himself in human terms and flesh, and in human language, the Word is the communication of God to humanity. The language of God, or God speaking in the languages of men. Praise the Lord. I love the Word. All right. The Word is God manifested in the flesh. The Word is God. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, all things were made by Him, and without Him, nothing was made that's made. Well, so if something is going to be like, uh, you're going to have faith in God, and something's going to be recreated in your body, or fixed in your body, it's going to be done through what? The Word, who is Him, Jesus. So our faith our faith should be in the word of God who is Christ so our faith is in a person his name is Jesus Well, so if I'm going to trust in a person, I have to get to know that person. And the more I know them, the more I will trust them, right? Well, faith works by what? Love. So if your faith in God is going to work, you have to love Him. Right? It's not, I'm not trying to be complicated. Faith works by what? Love. Well, the more you know Him, the I guarantee you, because I know Him in a measure, And the more you know him, the more you will love him. The more you know about him, the more you will love him. So sometimes we're trying to have faith in God and we're making it just a clinical scientific thing. I almost want to say God is not in science, but science can discover things about God. You understand? So like you, you can find out, uh, if anybody finds something that is, is a reality and actually works, they actually found something that the word has already declared to be so. So if your faith's gonna work, it's gonna work by what? Love. So in the measure that you love God and that you understand that he loves you, well, your faith will either flourish or your faith will be weak because faith works by love. So yeah, faith works by walking in love, which is normally how we minister this, but faith works by love. So you want to have a greater measure of faith in God, check up on your love for God. I like Bishop Butler. He talks about the lordship of Jesus Christ. And when he talks about the lordship of Jesus Christ, um, he's talking about uh, the authority of, that, that he is chief or supreme in authority and character. Well, if you don't know the character of God, uh, you know, anybody can say that the Lord said this in his word, and if you don't know that he can't lie, well, then it, it doesn't really matter. You know, uh, uh, when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts to men, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and then uh, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about what most tra- uh, translations call the gifts of the Spirit. I don't like that translation. It's really the workings of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit works and shows up. And so, um, in these so called gifts of the Spirit or manifestations of the Spirit, um, you know, those are still in the church today, but you don't see them in every church today. So, they're in the church, really. <laughs> God shows up where he's honored, and people believe, and uh, people speak about him. You know, so you you talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and you'll have more of the gifts of the Spirit. You teach about the gifts of the Spirit, you'll have more of the gifts of the Spirit. And so uh, prophecy is one of those ways that the Holy Spirit shows up. And in um, uh, prophesying, you know, some people try to prophesy, and they connect with their brain or their head, and they're trying to say something that they figured out or... Worse yet, they're trying to uh, put their will off on other people when they're, when they're speaking. Well, that doesn't really bless anybody. Not even the person speaking it. They may think it does at the time, you know. But it doesn't. But when it is uh, the actual authentic gift of the Spirit in operation, boy, it's a blessing to everybody. Well, uh, you know, some people, I've heard uh, of, of this prophecy or that prophecy, and I don't know them from... Adam, you know, as the saying goes. So uh, somebody may tell me, did you hear this prophecy? You read this prophecy? You know, if I don't really know the person, I mean, anytime I hear a prophecy, I'm checking with my spirit anyhow because that's where God lives and he'll tell me. But I'm not really going to have a lot of confidence in uh, someone that I don't know. They're prophesying all this type of stuff because I've been in the the things of God too long (laughs) to see, you know, people just kind of want to be used with the Lord, but they're not. Well, we tried with Kenneth Hagin, and the Lord used him in prophecy many times. He stood in the office of a prophet, actually. And uh, he had so much character that if he prophesied something, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm paying extra attention. Why? Because of his character. So if you, if you know someone is always saying, you know, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be this, and, and they never do anything, and they never take any steps to do it. Well, pretty soon when they tell you, oh, I'm going to go, you know, uh, I'm going to go to California. You know, they, well, they've been saying that forever and they're taking no steps to do it. They're not going. You're probably not going to believe them. Well, with God himself, you can trust his character. I mean, one way to test, you can even test God in the tithe. The Bible says you test him in the tithe. Prove me now in this and see if I will not, Right? So he actually says, test me in that arena. Well, um, you know, I have walked with the Lord for many years. And I can tell you, he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. I felt like the Lord left me sometimes. But when I retraced my steps, I noticed that my steps walked away from him and his never walked away from me. The interesting thing is, when you walk away from the Lord, and you look back towards the Lord, the distance looks so far. But if you actually turn your heart back to Him, it's like the twinkling of an eye, you're that close. So you get in that, in that, on that territory, and you get in the territory of the deception of the enemy, because... If he can get you to think you're so far away from God, he'll, he'll dominate you and he'll control you. Because why? What are you going to say? I'm just so far from the Lord. I feel like the Lord's mad at me. I feel like I have messed up too much. I know what I've done. I <laughs> have people told me that before. Pastor, I, could, I, don't, I, don't want it, I don't want your ears to hear what I have done. And I'm like, it really doesn't matter what you've done. If we're going by what we've done, none of us are going to get to heaven. But if we're going by what Jesus has done, and we accept and receive that, every single one of us are going to heaven. Well, you know, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have that more abundantly. And when you are born again, When you give your life to God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and Jesus becomes your Lord, at that moment, your existence is forever changed, and your direction is forever changed. You are born again, made a new spirit in this life at that moment. You receive eternal life then, not when you get to heaven. So eternal life comes to the heart of a believer. The reason you go to heaven is because you have eternal life. You don't go to heaven to get eternal life. The reason you go to heaven is because you have received eternal life. And that eternal life is supposed to affect us today and tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and for the rest of your existence. Not the rest of your life, but the rest of your existence. So eternal life. John chapter 3, Jesus talks about eternal life. Verse, uh, well, let's just start with verse 1 to give context. There there was a man of the Pharisees, so um, like the strictest religious group named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you have done except God be with him. Jesus answered and said to him, "Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God." You wonder why people that you know or not that aren't born again don't understand the kingdom and they're like, "I don't see what you're seeing" because you have to be born again to see it. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Natural man thinking natural thoughts, right? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it listeth, and you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell where it comes and uh, where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you a master in Israel and you don't know these things? Or knowest it's not these things. I, I kind of cleaned the King James up a little bit. Verily, verily, I say to you, we speak what we do know and testify what we have seen, and you receive not our witness. He's just saying, I'm just telling you stuff I've seen and know, and you're not believing it. If I had told you of earthly things and you believed not, how will you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So whosoever believes in Him that is, in the Word, that is, in Christ, that is, you know, in the Son of God, will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light came into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light. Neither comes to the light lest his deeds would be reproved. But he that does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only Son, that whosoever believed on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, how, did, how were the worlds created? By the Word. God used the Word to create the worlds. God used the world to create. In the beginning was the Word was with God, Word was God. Nothing was made without Him. That was made, that is made. Nothing was made without Him. God used Him, the Word, to create all things. Right? And so, God so loved the world that He gave. So you see the faith and love of God in action in the Son of God, giving His life for all humanity. So we see, like, I I would call it like the prime example of living by faith. Right? Or dying by faith. You know, you should live by faith, but you should also die by faith. And you can die by faith. Uh, There's a whole record of people dying by faith. God so loved the world that He gave his one and only son that whosoever believed on him should not perish but have everlasting life faith your faith works by your love and your love comes from God 1 John 4 we love him because he first loved us God is love so if you have faith in him you're having faith in love am I going too fast So you have faith in God, you're having faith in love, because God is love. So, in other words, the the more that I know Melody, the more I love her. Well, the more I know God, the more I love Him. And the more I see uh, how faithful He is, and the more I encounter how constant He is, how unchanging he is. How anytime I change, anytime I go a different direction, he stays steady. Like he is constant. And I think because of my changes, he's going to change. Well, he loved, while we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He did, Christ did not die for godly people. He died for ungodly people. And then, you know, he's going and he's, he's uh, uh, hanging out with prostitutes and sinners and drunkards and all this type of stuff, people that are just like totally uh, dominated by lusts of the flesh. And they're like, why? The, the Pharisees are like, why are you hanging out with all these people? Don't you realize these are sinners? Obviously, if you're holy and godly, you would not be hanging out with these people. And he said, you know, the healthy have no need of a physician. It's actually the sick. So in other words, he thinks a little different than a natural, unrenewed human mind. God so loved the world that he gave. So if you want your faith to really soar, you ought to find out about the character of God. Look more into God's character and you'll find When you realize God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe on him would not perish. In other words, he's letting his son perish so that you will not. Well, some people will perish so that you don't have to. Christ went to hell so you don't have to. And it's a good thing because if you went to hell, you can't come out of that place. But he went to the place that there's no no return from and took the stinking keys. He's like, you no longer have the power to lock anyone up here. Whosoever believes on me has eternal life. Whosoever believes on me is set free. Praise the Lord. The gospel is the power of God to salvation, to him that believes. Well, if you really think about all of the stuff that you've done in your life, let's not make a list, but if you kind of like look at the direction of your life, what's going on, and you realize, it's not, like, it's not like Jesus turns a blind eye to your sins, or God turns a blind eye to your sins. Do you realize? Jesus is more acquainted with the depths of your sins than you are. He took them on himself. Because, because you committed sin, but he became sin. Right? So it's not like the Lord's like, oh, just don't look, don't look, don't look. No, no, he's like, I'll take all of that. I want all of that off of you, on me, because you can't handle it. I will defeat it, and I will destroy it. And it will no longer dominate you. He came to set us free. He came to take the power of sin and release us from the power of sin. That we're no longer dominated uh, by sin. We're no longer a slave to sin. But we are a slave to righteousness. In other words, if you're a slave to sin, you have to do whatever sin commands you to do all the time. I'll give you an illustration. When's the last time you told a lie? No, I'm not. You know, you have to teach children how to, how to act correctly. So sometimes, believe it or not, the pastor's kids have lied to the pastor. <laughs> so I teach my kids, you know, the thing about that lie is, I like a veggie Tales, the old one. So they had this fib from outer space. You know, it's this big purple thing or whatever. Well, it started out small. So they'd tell one lie, but then in order to keep the lie going, they have to tell another lie and another lie. And this thing gets humongous. Like, huge! The fib from outer space, something like that. So, uh, the the problem with the lie is you're a slave to the lie. You think, well, it's just going to affect this one area, but it starts affecting a whole lot of areas, and it starts growing and getting bigger and bigger. And then you're, it's a lot of work to keep up the facade and the deception. You, you, you know, the truth will set you free. So... Uh, you know, sin is that way. That's a great illustration for how sin is. I mean, Satan's the father of lies and he's the, the, you know, the the king of sin. And so, you know, uh, those sins, you're a slave to those things. You think, well, I don't want to like live in line with what the Bible says because that's such a restricted life. No, the restricted life is doing whatever your flesh wants to do and just letting your flesh just have its way and uh, enter into all kind of sin because you become a slave to that. But the actual freedom is when you're a slave to righteousness. In other words, uh, before, sin is dictating what you have to do. So that lie you told is dictating all the things that you have to say to keep that lie going. But righteousness... Thank you for that, amen. Righteousness... You become a slave to what's right. And my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know, you, you, you're a slave to righteousness. That's not like, oh, this is so difficult. This is, how can this be, this is too good to be true. What's it, Andrew Romack, didn't he say that? The gospel is the too good to be true news, or how does he say it? Yeah, he it the, true news. the too good to be true news. It's kind of awkward how he says it. Yeah. But then it helps you remember it, right? So the too good to be true news is that you're a slave to right things and good things and just things. And that is awesome because there is no sin consciousness in that. There is no guilt in that. There is no regret in that. There is no weakness in that. That is power and that is strength and that is freedom. Faith works by love. You see the greatest act of faith displayed in the greatest act of love by the greatest being who ever existed, Jehovah God, giving His only Son, Jesus Christ. Faith works by love. So don't ever try to let faith be some formula that you put put into practice and that you just go down and check it off and then wonder, why does it feel so void? When you're living by faith and acting in faith, there is a tangible spiritual substance that you are partaking of. In fact, Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is substance and faith is evidence. Faith is tangible. So when I act in faith, and I'm acting in faith, I don't have a worry. I don't have fear. It doesn't mean I don't have a thought, like, how's that going to work? But that thought loses its power because of my faith. I mean, so my head might say, like, oh, that's not going to work. I'll be like, well, you might not think that's going to work, but I have seen him work before. In the, that's, I don't, maybe that's only happened to me. I've had the exact same situation happen again. And you acted in faith before, and God came through, and the thought comes... The Lord's not going to come through. And I say, well, like, this exact thing has happened before. Right. What is wrong with you? <laughs> of course he's going to come through. Yeah. I'm just going to believe. I'm going to believe it. Well, that thought's trying to get me to believe the thought. Right? right? But, the, but the Bible says, cast down those vain imaginations. Right. Because why? Those thoughts are trying to place my ability... As Lord over God's ability. But God's word is his lordship over my ability. Or my inability. Or my impossibility. Did that that go too much? You look confused. (laughs) Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Well stand with me. I don't want to freeze you anymore. Their sister. Um, oh good their oh okay okay I'll do that when I'm finished all right we'll do it in service but hallelujah I got, a, I got a note we're going to pray for, so, so let me understand it real quick, if you don't mind, so that we can uh, join in prayer. Oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. Hallelujah. Faith works by love. Your faith works by love. It's not difficult. It's it's a relationship. Actually, Paul, the Holy Spirit used Paul. Remember what he said? He likened um, the relationship of the church, which is the body of Christ, to Christ between a husband and a wife. Right? This I speak concerning Christ and the church. And so... uh, you look at that loving relationship between a godly husband and a godly wife. Because he's talking about, you know, that the husband treats the wife, uh, you know, loves the wife, the, the wife like Christ loves the church and gave himself for her, right? And so, so I say a godly relationship. And so, that relationship and that closeness and that intimacy, really a greater closeness, is what the Lord... Wants to have in your life and my life. He doesn't want to have like a rigid structure of a relationship. Your your faith in him should just be, you know, an outflow of his love for you. That you realize how much he loves you and you love him. You're like, of course I trust him. I mean, look at who he is. There is no one like him. There was no one so trustworthy, so uh, faithful, so good, so tender. I love Psalm 119. It says, you are, do good, you, you are good and you do good. Speaking of God, you are good and you do good. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning uh, with us or uh, in person or you're online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. God loved you so much that He gave Jesus to die on the cross and to take your sins on Himself when He was on the cross and to take them off of you because He loves you so much. Whoever believes on Him uh, will not die but will have everlasting life. If you'd like to receive Jesus this morning, uh, you can do that. And the way that you do that is not by doing a bunch of good things, not by cleaning yourself up enough to come to God. Actually, you can't do that. That's a a lie and a deception of the devil. You come just the way you are, with all of your junk and all of your stuff, and you give it all to Jesus. And when you give it all to Jesus, he gives all of his good stuff back to you in exchange. It's the best transaction uh, that you could ever do. You're looking for a, uh, you know, a good investment or good transaction. Uh, this is the best in the world, the best in existence. Uh, Jesus said um, that if you believe in him, you will never die. Romans chapter 10 says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's very simple, but it's very costly to be born again. It's simple because you just believe that God raised Jesus from the dead for you, and you confess or declare, I'm taking Jesus as my Lord, He's my Lord. But it's very costly, because you cannot be the Lord of your life anymore. Jesus becomes your Lord and your Savior, so that you're not going to be in charge of the decisions that you make. Jesus is in charge of the decisions that you make. It's a relationship. You come to know Him, and he will walk with you every step of the way of your entire life through the good, the bad, the easy, and the difficult. He will always be there for you. He'll never leave you. He will never forsake you. He loves you, and he just wants you to respond by trusting him. If you'd like to receive him this morning, I'd like you to slip up your hand online. You can, there's a button you can raise your hand there. In person, you can just physically raise your hand, of course. And um, I want to pray with you and for you. In just a few seconds, I'm going to pray a prayer. And uh, if you pray that prayer from your heart and you mean business with God, your life will be recreated in just a few seconds. I'm going to pray this prayer. Those that are believers that are here at home, you can pray that prayer if you'd like uh, with me, after me, and those who want to receive Jesus right now, most important. Pray this prayer from your heart. Say this. Say, Oh God, I believe that Jesus is your son. And that he died on the cross to remove my sins. I believe that you raised him up on the third day. And I receive him right now as my Lord. And as my Savior. savior. In Jesus' name. Amen.